Hello, and welcome to Veins of Gold, Finding God's Treasure in a Dirt-Covered World. This is a podcast from Mountain View Baptist Church in Thomaston, Georgia. Now, let's join Pastor Ryan Christopher as he digs into this week's program. Hey folks, it's another week. It's another week. In this week's episode, we were talking, we will be talking about, uh, uh, tools of the trade. We'll be talking about the fact that, uh, in the midst of storms, in the midst of storms that we need to use the faith that has been given us. Uh, so many of you who've been born again for so long, you've been born again for so long, it seems like forever that you've known Jesus and been saved. And oh, praise the Lord. Maybe some of you are listening who have only been saved for just a little while. Maybe some of you are listening who, who but somewhere in the middle of all that, you've been saved for many, many decades, saved for just a little while, somewhere in the middle of that, maybe where you are now. I want to tell you that we're all going to go through storms. There's the old saying that you're either, uh, you've either been in a storm and you're coming out of it. You're in the, either in the midst of one of those storms or you're going into a storm. There are always things in the Christian life and Christian walk that, uh, that, uh, that, that constitute or, or get, uh, get defined as storms. They're rough at times. They're not so rough at times. Either of those, you're going to need to utilize your faith in an amazing way. We're going to be in the Word of God, and we're going to be in Matthew chapter eight. Uh, this is uh, this is basically an episode based on the sermon I just preached this last Sunday night, uh, and I am uh, I'm excited to bring it to you today because you know the, it, when we get to do the uh, the podcast, what we have is the opportunity to uh to actually uh go a little deeper into some things we may use some of the same illustrations and analogies and things like that but we're still going to have an opportunity to go in just a little bit deeper into the word and uh and hopefully um hopefully even you know especially in my case just to be able to live through this again live through this sermon again and hopefully I'm going to learn something about utilizing my faith Matthew chapter 8 and starting in verse 18 it says this now when Jesus saw the great multitudes about him he gave commandment to depart into the other side um, Jesus did not like to be crowded in, crushed in. He would heal what the people he could, but you got to realize there weren't, you know, big, uh, you know, entourages, uh, entourages of, of, uh, security, uh, or people who would protect him. There certainly were the disciples. There certainly were people who were following. Don't get me wrong, but they didn't have like a hired security of such. So people would hear, oh, so-and-so, this man, he just healed my daughter. He just healed my cousin. He just went. And all of a sudden, more and more people would just come in on him and crush and crush in on him and things of that nature. Um, you know, what hap- what's happening here is Jesus has been doing miracles. miracles. So suddenly he has looked around him and says, now when Jesus uh, saw the great multitudes about him, he gave commandment to depart into the side. Hey, guys, we need to get out of here. This is This is too much. These people are just pressing in on me. Now, as God, as the eternal God, that's not going to be a problem for God at all. There can be as many prayers as possible and as many needs as uh, necessary coming to his throne. That's not a problem, but he was operating in uh, flesh and bone. And so then it was uncomfortable at times, especially for someone who was trying to get to the cross. I mean, that was his whole goal. That, that was that was what Jesus was doing. He was trying to get to the cross. And in trying to get to the cross, he couldn't afford to be crushed in by these people and maybe carried off to be a king or enforced to be some kind of a king or a leader or something like that. And he was just worn out. His, he was tired at times when people were pressing in on him so much. He would physically be tired. And he looks at these guys and he says, it's time for us to it's time for us to go to the other side. It's time for us to uh, to take this moment and get a little rest. Let's get over there. So um, 
They get on this boat. Now, before they get on the boat, before they get on the boat and we read some more verses, I want to read, I did not do this Sunday night just for lack of time, okay? Certainly could have been a series, and there's certainly uh, there are certainly places where this needs to be preached, and it, it will be preached uh, several times over the course of uh, of my ministry if, if God allows me to live that long. So it's going to be several times, but let me go over these verses right now with you and just kind of give a deep, I um, mean, you know, a short, uh, uh, you know, look at these verses because they are important leading into these disciples getting on the boat to go to the other side. All right. It says verse 19, and a certain scribe came and said unto him, master, I'll follow thee whithersoever thou goest. I'll go wherever you want me to go. All right, we've heard that before. We may have even said it before. Lord knows I have said it before and didn't mean it at those times. I certainly mean it now because I understand that it can mean the trouble and the trials and the tribulations, and we've all gone through those. But there have been times when I've said, sure, I'll go wherever. And then when you find out wherever it is, it's like, hey, can I back up on this? Can I backtrack? You made a promise to God. But anyway, says a certain scribe came and said to him, Master, I'll follow you wherever you go. Now, this is a scribe. This is a scribe. This is a this is a man of 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 faith, you know, of of religion. And uh, he comes to him and he says, "Look, I'm I'm ready to go wherever." You. And this is what Jesus says: The foxes have holes, and the birds have of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. See what he realizes about the scribes is they were treated uh, like royalty, if you will. You know, they were given the the best of places, the best of seats, uh, a place to lay their head. They had homes. They they had uh, the best of the best. I mean, they were basically paid by you know the the treasury of sorts for the uh, for those who are who are of the faith of the Jewish faith, and uh, so they had everything that they needed. Jesus turns around and says, "Listen, you folks who say you want to follow me." You folks who say you want to follow me, I, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure you mean it because I'm letting you know that it's not always going to be happy, clappy. It's not always going to be, uh, you know, you having exactly what you need all the time. You will get what you need. We'll make sure that you're fed, but it doesn't mean that every meal is going to be there. It doesn't mean that we're going to have somewhere soft to lay our head at night. You'll have somewhere to lay your head, but it doesn't mean it's going to be soft. You may have to lay it down on the ground. You may have to figure out how to get you how to get, you, you get your uh, your robe piled up underneath your head. I mean, there's going to be times where this isn't going to be a, a fun event. You're seeing me heal everybody and just assume that I'm going to make sure that 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 uh, the disciples have the best of everything everywhere we go. When in fact, it is a struggle to follow Christ. Now, can God bless you? Of course, He can. He can bless you physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially. All those things He can do. But the fact of the matter is, following Jesus Christ is, well, it's, it's, it's tough. And it's tough because you have to decide at some point, I am fully devoted to Christ no matter what. I'm fully devoted to Christ no matter what. I'll be, um, you know, as of this podcast, as recording this podcast, I'm, I'm actually going to um, be a part of a funeral tomorrow where, where I'll, be, uh, I'll be giving some words of uh, not only encouragement, but memories and things of that nature for someone who has absolutely, before they passed away, had absolutely been through some of the hardest trials over the course of her life uh, that I have ever seen. It doesn't mean, being a born-again believer does not mean that we're not going to go through some of these trials. It simply means he will be with us through them all. He may heal you. He may deliver you from them, from those trials. Or he may have you go completely through them and you learn so much through them to the end. Finish the course. I've kept the faith is what Paul said. Here it is. He says, I'll follow you wherever you want to go. And Jesus says, 
Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man hath not where to lay his head. Verse 21. And, and, and another said, another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Now in disciples, this is one of those, you know, this could be very one of the disciples, the disciples or somebody who has been following. And another of his disciples said, Lord, suffer me first to go bury my father. Now his father's not dead yet, but it's like, I'm going to have to wait. Let me be with him. Let me take care of him. And then when he passes, I'll bury him. And he says, he says, but Jesus said unto him, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. And so the other gospels, you know, go, go even, you know, they, they have some of the similar, you know, exchanges with Jesus where he's looking at these people and he says, look, you cannot, you cannot keep saying, let me do this and then this. You can't say, let me do this and then I'm going to follow you. Okay. In this course, I mean, certainly there are, there are areas where we have, you know, we have a strategic plan and we're going forward with that plan. And this, when Jesus says, follow, we have to, when Jesus says, go, we go. When Jesus says, jump, we jump. It's not a, it's not a matter of, it's not a matter of, Hey, can I do this first? And then this, uh, we have to know that God wants us. We have to know that God wants us to follow him and follow him at the moment. He says, let's go, let's do this. And it may be later in your life when you figure that out. I mean, later in my life, before I went into full-time ministry, I was preaching and teaching and things like that long before I went into full-time, uh, ministry, you know, construction business before that. It, it is amazing that God would call you. But when he does, when he finally does, and there was some resistance, you know, I had some resistance to that. Um, he always wins in that, but it's, it's a matter of, it's a matter of doing what he's told us to do, following what he's told us to follow and always making sure that we are seeking his will, seeking his face, uh, through all of this. So the reason I have set us up in this, the reason I've set up this up with these verses where it's talking about, you know, these people want to follow him and he tells them it's going to be tough. You've got to be on your A game. Uh, God will help you, but you've got to know that the bad times are coming. They're going to teach you to be a great sailor. You cannot become a great sailor on calm seas. You become a great sailor on rough seas. So let's go to verse 23. That's where we kind of started up uh, in the sermon the other the other day, and that's where I want to go now. All right? So verse 23, and when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with waves, but he was asleep. Okay, let's let's stop here just for a minute. Okay, this is amazing to me. When he entered in the ship, his disciples followed him. But immediately, you know, immediately, you know, Jesus goes and he lays down. He says, I'm going to take a nap. I mean, I've been beat up, pushed on, lied to, cheated, talked about, mistreated, rebuked, scorned, talked about sure as you're born, that song, you know. Yeah, I am tired. And so Jesus takes the time. To go and say, I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to sit and I'm going to lay down in here. I'm going to take a nap. And he don't think much about it because at the time he's taking the nap, it's no big deal. So here we are. Here we are. We're, we're sitting where you're saying, okay, he's taking a nap. No big deal. But then it says this, there's a great tempest in the sea. There's a storm, not just a storm. I mean, it could be a storm, but a tempest, meaning this thing is nasty. It's coming in. I mean, it is a scary, scary thing. And Jesus was asleep. Jesus knows there's any moment. I mean, there's nothing that can happen that he couldn't have control of. If we would realize that, that is so, if we would realize there is absolutely nothing, nothing that could happen to us that, that was, uh, that could, 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 he couldn't be in control of. There's no storm you're in that he can't either stop or help you through it. He knows the storm. The storm is obedient to his words. 
the storm is obedient to his words. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves. It's, this is such a bad storm that it is taking on water. It's taking on water. We'll talk about that in just a second. That's a scary storm. You've seen some of the, uh, the, the TV shows about the fishermen and such, and you've seen how dangerous that can be, especially when there's ice involved and there's waves hitting in, in the top of your boat and inside your boat and all those things. You realize in a hurry, oh my goodness, we could die. We actually could die. And so that is where, that is where fear certainly could set in. That's where fear could push in. Um, and could tear you to pieces emotionally where you say, I'm done with this. I, you know, I never expected these kind of storms. And when I became a believer, I thought everything was supposed to be great. I thought it was supposed to be hunky dory. Well, remember the verses before this, he said, if you're going to follow me, you're going to have to go through some crap. You're going to have to go through some junk. You're going to have to be wrapped up in all kinds of garbage sometimes because, and not immoral garbage, not sinful garbage. Sometimes you're going to be just in the middle of life's awful times in the midst of life's awful times, you have to come to a realization that God still loves you and is going to help you as best he can. But there is something the disciples learn in all this. There is something they learn. And it is absolutely necessary for us to learn this as we go along in this. And the disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us, we perish. Here he is having a good nap, even in the midst of the storm, rocking and rolling. And, and he's still sleeping in this. Lord, master, we're going to, we're going to die. You got to help us. You got to get in here. You got to help us. This is what he says. You think he'd say, oh gosh, guys, I'm sorry. I was, I was taking a nap and didn't realize things had gotten so bad. Let me handle it. Well, he goes out there and he says, why are you so fearful? Why are, why are you fearful? Oh, ye of little faith. Then he arose, rebuked the winds and sea. And there was a great calm. The men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? So he gets up, and instead of, instead of consoling them, he says, Why are you feel? Why are you so afraid? Good grief. Have you ever been startled to woke up at night? You know, like my wife, she'll, you know, she wakes me up sometimes, or she hears something, and what was that? Why don't you go check on that? What was the deal? You know? Uh, and, and so it's like, you're startled, you're awake. And then all of a sudden you're like, what, what's the, what's the deal? What's the deal? Let me go see. Let me go see. And of course, you know, you get a little nervous cause you're like, okay, you know, she's heard something. So you're going out there with a gun or you're going out there with a bat or whatever it is you happen to go out there with. And you're, uh, you're, you're ready to, ready to kill something. And you realize it was something trivial. Something fell off a desk or something like that. Here's the thing though. When you look in the middle of it, he says, why are you afraid? What are you so afraid about? Why don't you trust me? Why don't you have faith enough to do to handle this yourself? Why not? And he, he rebukes the storm. That's not just something that he had the power to do. That was something the disciples had power to do. That was something the disciples had power to do. Rebuke that storm and stop that storm. Now, in the midst of that rebuke, if it's God's will to continue that storm, it will continue, but he will help you through. And you, we end up on our knees praying to God to help us through a storm that we never thought we could have make it, made it through before, but we have gotten stronger and stronger and stronger as, as a result of other storms we've been through. Well, there are some re- there are some reactions, some normal, some normal human reactions we can have uh, to these things happening. Okay, we can have some normal reactions to storms and, and problems and trials. The first reaction is I can handle this. 
you know, I'm self-made. I can handle this. I don't, I don't, I don't have to, I don't have to worry about this. I, you know, there's a problem here. Well, I can handle it. And, uh, and, and, you know, if there's a problem with an addiction that I have, if there's a problem with relationship problem, I'll just handle it. It doesn't have to be anything super spiritual. I'm just going to handle this. The problem is, the problem is a lot of times we end up going back to our own vomit. We end up going back just like a dog to our own vomit, vomit. And, and that is, that's an awful, awful problem to say, Hey, I'll handle this. You cannot handle it alone. There are some storms that are tempest where the waves are coming in on your boat. You can't handle that by yourself. You're going to need help. And so our reaction is I can handle this. And then you end up in a big mess. Or if it's a, an, a temptation that you have and getting yourself around it, there's an old saying that says, if your head's made of butter, don't sit near the fire. But yet some of us say, Oh, I got the, I got this. I can handle this. You know, I, I, there's not a problem here. Well, folks, there is a problem there. There certainly is. There's a problem because you put yourself in a situation where you're going to go, you're going to, you're going to end up falling into that temptation again. So we, we desperately don't, we desperately don't want to get to a point where we think we're self-sufficient, that we can, we can handle this on our own. Okay. You know, it's, 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 you, you shall have no other gods before me. Well, that means you too. You can't have you as a God. I can handle every single problem I get into. Well, the only reason you can, you have to amend that just a little bit. You can handle any problem, but you can handle any problem with God, with Christ. You can handle it. Now, there's another thing. There's another thing that we look at in all of this. And it's, uh, it's, I don't deserve this. Like, that's another thing we'll say. This is, this is, you know, this is a storm I just don't deserve. I mean, look at all I've done. Look at how I've served. Look at, look at the people I've helped. Look at all of these things. And so in the midst of all this, we say, look at the people we've helped. Look at all these things that, that have, um, that have, have occurred. Look at, look at what we've, uh, I've been a part of. Look at where I've been seeing. Look at where I've been witnessing. Look at where I've been uh, giving money. Look at where I've been helping. All these things. I don't deserve to have to go through a storm. No, friends, you are the one he wants to train through the storm. You're the one he wants to train through the storm. And in, in the middle of all this, in the middle of all this, he is teaching you how to get through the toughest times in life. Okay. This world right now is in some of the toughest political um, and medical and all those are some of the most difficult times that he is willing to help us get through them if we will go through them together. Okay. But instead of saying, I don't deserve, this is what I said Sunday night. Instead of saying, I don't deserve this, why am I being treated this way? Why am I having to go through this one? Say, I don't deserve grace. It's amazing that I'm even alive to be in a storm. You know, it's, it, it's, you know, he has blessed me so much to have our first grandchild, you know, and, and to know that, know that, oh my goodness gracious, this is a human life that we're responsible for all over again. And she's so wonderful. And, you know, I graduated from private daddy to general pawpaw. I mean, I'm ready to rock and roll now. I'm ready to, I'm ready to raise this baby and do some good stuff. Ooh, good parents. They, I mean, my son and daughter-in-law are wonderful and I'm, I'm, I'm just so excited, so excited. And uh, so excited to see Willow Rose grow up. I'm, I'm, I'm fired up. I'm fired up. But anyway, I don't deserve that grandbaby. I don't deserve the grace of Jesus Christ. I don't deserve to be, um, to be uh, saved and to know that I'm going to heaven. I don't deserve those things. But he, he loves me. He loves me. And I have to realize that instead of saying I don't deserve to go through a storm, what I need to say is I don't deserve not to be going through a storm. I don't deserve, I don't deserve the grace he's given me, the mercy he's given me, the, the love he's given me. I don't deserve one single thing in, in all of that. 
And I just praise God. He has loved me so much through all of this. And it just, I don't deserve There's another thing that we like to say. I'm not responsible for this, you know, and I'm going to do this one quickly so I can get into this other, other stuff. But, you know, I'm not responsible. For, nobody wants to take the blame for anything. You can find yourself in storms that are, you know, you've self-produced storm. You can find yourself in a self-produced storm. You can find yourself in a situation where, you know, you have you have uh, said some things you shouldn't have said, or you've done some things you shouldn't have done, or you you've acted a way you shouldn't have acted, folks, and it gets you in trouble. And you say, "Well, I'm not responsible. So and so is responsible." We try to pass the blame off. Look, we got to take action. We got to we got to we got to make hay instead of making excuses. We've got to get going on all this. People not wanting to take blame for the things that they've done. I told them the other night on a Sunday night service, it amazes me how people will go in and they'll, they'll film themselves doing something dumb or stupid. And, uh, and then all of a sudden they don't want to take the blame for it. It's like, I didn't do that. Well, you just filmed it. You placed it on Facebook or you placed it on Twitter and you let the whole world see it. Then in fact, you are, you are responsible for it. You are the one. And even if you're not specifically responsible for it, and what you are is you are in the midst of it, so you are responsible for getting yourself out of it with the help of God. So I'm not responsible for this. Uh, I don't deserve this. All these different excuses that we have, um, you know, that I have this, I can handle it on my own, all those things. But here's here's where we get into the thing. Jesus says, ye of little faith, you could have done this if you had utilized your faith. And so I made this analogy, if you will, of the different things we can use to uh, to show uh, to use our faith. People are watching you. People are watching. If you believe what you say you believe, you are going to act on what you believe. And so Jesus says, "Ye of little faith." So basically, guys, y'all need to learn to use your faith. Gals, you need to learn to use your faith. No matter what, you need to learn to use it. Here, the tools required. The tools required are this. The first thing is the bucket. And the reason I use the analogy of the bucket is because I've seen so many of these um, these uh, stories and such where water's coming in on the boat and they use the bucket to get the water out of the boat. You better do this, folks. The moment you realize something is entering your life that ought not be there, the storm clouds are coming. You got to pull out your faith bucket, which is get that stuff out of the boat. Get it out of the boat. All right. You've got to get to the point when you see a problem that you are handling the problem as quickly as possible with the help of the Lord. Lord, help me to deal with this. Don't wait until the waves have completely submerged you in water. You have got to get that out of there. And by by the faith bucket, I mean getting on your knees, praying, asking God to help you and to deliver you through all of this. That's what I mean by by the bucket. I mean getting you know making sure that if 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 things are entering in on your television, which shouldn't be on there, if, if things are entering in on your music, they shouldn't be there. All of these things, people are panicking though. People are panicking in the midst of panic. In the midst of panic, what we realize is we do things uh, uh, quicker than we normally would. We make decisions a lot faster than we normally should. Um, and so what we don't want to do is panic. We want to get that bucket and that faith bucket and say, I believe Jesus Christ can help me through this. I see where the enemy is starting to creep into my family, into my life, into my mind. I see all those things, and I know that he can help me through this with the, with the work of faith, with believing. He says, oh, ye of little faith. And goodness gracious, I have been there so many times in my life. Then there's the, not only the bucket, there's the paddle. And I want to talk about the paddle for just a second. All right. And I don't mean the paddle you get your butt whipped when you're in trouble. I'm talking about the paddle where you're working your way out of the storm. Okay. I'm paddling the boat. I'm working my way out of this thing. And I'm talking about many times the only way to get out of something like that is to have multiple people doing uh 
doing this for you, as to have multiple people rowing with you and helping you through it. As Christians, that's why we do not forsake the assembly of one another. We get together and we and and we we row together. It's a row, row, row your boat. I mean, folks, we got to do this together. Um, but this paddle, okay? Because look, look, you know, faith's not blind faith. We're not talking about blind faith. We're just—it's born in hardship. We get the strongest of faith when we go through trials, and God delivers us through them. When he delivers us through them, for heaven's sake, we ought to believe they can deliver us again and again to go through. I, I, there's an old song. It says, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord." Oh, that's a big, that's a big deal to trust him and believe. This paddle, I'm telling you, we got to overcome panic with promises. we got to overcome panic with promises. Look, I know the Lord is, I mean, the world has let you down, but the Lord has not. The world has broken its promises, but God will not break his promises. The world is going to cause all kinds of chaos and trouble, but the Lord is going to help you bring order to your chaos. So overcoming panic with promises is something you desperately need to do uh, as, as quickly as you possibly can. I had a young man call me uh, a, you know, a couple of weeks ago and say, look, I'm in insurance. I'm making plenty of money. Um, but I, I need to, uh, I'm probably going to leave it and go into full-time counseling because that's what God's called me into. And I went through a time where I was just like, Hey, wait a second, man, maybe you could do both. You know, he said, you don't understand. God's called me strictly to this and I've got to do this. And so I, I was proud of him for taking the faith to, to calm the storm that was going on inside of him because he was miserable doing what he was doing, even though he was do, making good money at it, overcoming panic with promises, you know, don't let the, you know, don't let the broken promises of the world keep you from believing his promises. God's promises. And, you know, it's never that I know of. It's never promised that it's going to go the way you like, just the way that, uh, with you that he likes. And so, I mean, it is, it is, you know, it's one of those situations where you see the, you see the storm and he's going to take care of it. He's going to get you through it. You got to believe it. You got to have faith and he's going to get you through it. And you got to pray it in the name of Jesus that the storm will calm. You got to overcome apathy with action. You can't be sitting back. Somebody says, well, what's the difference between ignorance and apathy. And the guy says, I don't know. And I don't care. So, I mean, that's the problem right there. I don't know. And I don't care. Ignorance and apathy. So folks, we got to, we got to get up. we got to act. We got to take action. The paddle is that action step. It's like, Lord, I believe this big thing's going to happen. Folks, you don't, don't, don't have small goals, have huge goals. And then all the small goals happen along the way as you're getting on, as you're getting into your large goals, you want to have those overcoming apathy with action. Praise the Lord. Getting this thing going, you're overcoming panic with promises. You're overcoming apathy with action. And it's all from this paddle of faith. Then there's the third thing. The compass. Look, here's the thing. That's the word of God. Oh, praise God for the word of God. Second Timothy 3 and 16. For all scriptures given by inspiration, God is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and all righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect and truly furnished unto all good works. That the woman of God may be perfect and truly furnished unto all good works. That's Second Timothy 3 and 6. Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Oh, my goodness gracious. What a great song that is, too. Not just from the Bible, uh, but in songs. But that compass, folks, that the word of God is our compass. It shows us where we're going. It gives me a heading, which is a direction. It gives me a bearing where I'm going to, which is Jesus Christ and his law, his word and his covenant and all of those things. It is all those things wrapped in one. It is Jesus. It is the person of Jesus. That is my bearing. And that is the direction that I'm going. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I mean, I was telling this the other night. It says, uh, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding. 
In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Praise God for that. In all your ways, acknowledge him. As a result of that, you're going to be directed by God. And I thank the Lord for that. I mean, the, the word is a, a lamp unto my feet. It's a light unto my path. And those, it is good to see the compass of the word of God helping us through all of this. And I just give him praise and glory and thank him for doing that for us. But here's here's to end this. Well, listen, listen to me. We're going to use our, our, our bucket of faith. We're going to use our paddle of faith. We're going to use our compass of faith to stay in line, to stay right with God. That's just, I mean, we're going to use those things because we've got to get, we've got to get in that boat and we've got to figure out a way to get to the Lord. And that's going to take our compass, which is the word of God. The word of God teaches us how to get back close to God. One last thing before we go, uh, tis so sweet and trust in Jesus. I think there's another, uh, another verse that says, I'm so glad I, I learned to trust thee, precious Jesus, savior friend. And I know that thou art with me, wilt be with me till the end. Folks. We love you. Talk to you later. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for Veins of Gold, a podcast of Mountain View Baptist Church. For information about our church and ministries, please visit our website, mvbaptist.org.